Welcome back to the Underground Football Podcast, a show where we talk about anything and everything NFL football from underground. Alongside my co-host Jack Priller, I am Mike Maynard, and we're going to jump right into it. Today's episode, we're going to go over the New York Jets, the 2022 New York Jets for that matter. Um, we have previewed the rest of the AFC East teams to this point, and this will be the fourth team, obviously, going over for um, finishing out the AFC East. And, you know, we've spoken highly of the other three teams, but, you know, we're going to get into the Jets, see what our, you know, our thoughts and our opinions are on them. But, you know, um, Jack, how are we doing today? How are we feeling? You know, feeling great, Mike. I'm ready to talk about this team, even though their their starters don't obviously jump off the page. I mean, they got some bigger names on this on this roster, but I mean, I'm I'm excited to talk about some of these rookies that they brought in and kind of how this organization is kind of in a in a movement towards change. Yeah, I mean, you gotta know, or you you you've looked at the Jets the past couple of years, and they haven't really been, you know, what they've been hoping, and the quarterback problems all around, just team problems, um, you know, front office problems, so. I think they're definitely on the right track, and we'll get into, you know, why we think that. But, yeah, I think there's a positive outlook here for the Jets, which is kind of the first time in a little bit that you can even say that. So I'll start right now with the 2021 New York Jets and how they finished this past season. Um, 2021, the Jets were 4-13, and which, uh, you know, put them fourth in the AFC East and gave them the fourth overall pick in the draft. Um who will, you know, we'll get into what they ended up doing with that draft pick, but, you know, 4-13, and 13, obviously not the season you're hoping with, you know, your rookie quarterback that you drafted number two overall in Zach Wilson. You were kind of hoping him to come in and, you know, show the ability to lead a team to, you know, the playoffs and beyond, but I think it was kind of a, a known thing with the New York Jets, you know, front office that it might take, uh, you know, more than one year. It wasn't going to be that quick of a turnaround, so... You know, four and thirteen is not great, but it's it's the eleventh straight season they've missed the playoffs. So it's not like it's a new thing for the Jets. But you know, we'll see we'll see how they can improve on that in 2022. And you know, they had a busy off season this past off season, making a bunch of new pickups. So we'll uh, we'll get into each one of them obviously and see you know what we think if that makes that big a difference. So I guess we'll start with the with this past year's draft in 2022 and um like i said they had the fourth overall pick they also had the 10th overall pick and the 26th so they were very very busy here in this uh first round of this 2022 nfl draft so with the fourth overall pick with the new york jets first pick in this draft they took the safety out of cincinnati um sauce or ahmad gardner um you know we'll get into exactly what our opinions are on him you know when we talk about the cornerbacks but you know number four overall pick great player uh coming out with the number 10 overall pick the new york jets took garrett wilson the wide receiver out of ohio state with the number 26 pick the jets took florida state defensive end jermaine johnson and i'll uh you know i'll just mention our our last starter you know probably guy that's gonna get starting time out of the you know, 2022 NFL draft, at least for week one, is going to be uh, Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State. So we'll get into each one of those as we go position by position here. But, you know, they've been busy this offseason. And, you know, a lot of those guys are going to be starters year one, week one. So we'll see how they can how they can really perform 
just getting thrown right into it. So, you know, what are your opinions for, uh, you know, initially about the draft class that the, uh, that the New York Jets brought in this offseason? You know, I think that they had a pretty successful draft. I mean, obviously, we don't know how these rookies are going to compete in the NFL, but I think that they made some right moves, bringing in some targets for Zach Wilson, obviously with Brees Hall and uh, Garrett Wilson. I think that those were pretty good additions, and obviously their their starting corner that they brought in, uh, Sauce, I think that he kind of brings that edge to the defense that they needed, like a solid second corner under DJ Reed. So I think we'll obviously get more into that when we talk about the defense of this team. But I definitely think that they made it in the right direction or made moves in the right direction when it comes to actually having a successful draft this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the, the 2022 Jets have a lot more hope and, you know, expectations than 2021. And so it should be a pretty good season. But we'll jump right in here with the offensive side of the ball. We'll go position by position, give our little analysis, and, you know, we'll, we'll keep it moving. So obviously quarterback position – you have the polarizing young quarterback out of BYU, that being Zach Wilson, who struggled his first year. And, um, you know, you're definitely looking for him to have a, a better second year overall. I mean, like you said, new weapons, um, new, you know, just help around him on the offense in general, offensive line help, tight end, wide receiver, running back everywhere. So this guy should have a better situation around him for this upcoming season. I mean, only time will tell, but I think, you know, we went over Zach Wilson in uh, our last episode on ranking the, you know, bottom half of the quarterbacks in the NFL. So, you know, we're not thinking crazy highly of him, but I think, you know, with Zach Wilson, you've seen some throws that he can make that definitely show off his special, special athleticism. So I think there's no reason to think that he can't, you know, improve on his maybe sloppy mistake ridden football and, you know, become more of that polished guy that, um, you know, can help your team win a lot of games. So Zach Wilson, you know, is a big part of this team, and they're really hoping he can take a step up this coming year to project or, you know, what am I trying to say, catapult this team into, you know, maybe a playoff run or, you know, even just a positive, you know, win-loss ratio or just they, they need hope here. They need progress, and I think – you know, Zach Wilson, you're expecting him to make progress himself, which will help this team, you know, move in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally think that, Zach, obviously, you kind of touched on it, Zach Wilson's not the greatest QB. I mean, we both have him ranked pretty low, and when we were talking about the NFL uh, rankings with QBs, we both had him pretty low, and I think the only thing that Zach Wilson really has going for him right now is his, like, young age, and obviously is willing to learn in the system that, Obviously, they just got an upgrade at coach with Robert Sala. I think that, I mean, he's kind of in that, he's kind of like starting. I mean, last season was kind of his first season with, like, obviously. And I think that with time, Zach Wilson will get better. But right now, he's just not really showing it. I think that if you kind of, like, look at some of the stats, I mean, I'll obviously talk about it more when we talk about the offensive line. But 44 sacks, seeing that seeing that number is pretty outrageous for coming in, like, for a QB something you don't want to see your QB getting hit 44 times. Obviously, I don't know how much the offensive line was just letting people just walk through and sack him, or if Zach Wilson was just holding on to the ball too much to not really, or yeah, not getting rid of the ball as much as he should have. And so I kind of just think that that purpose right there just kind of shows that Zach Wilson might not be the greatest QB, but as like a Jets fan, you're obviously hoping for your, your young, your young athletic QB to um, kind of move in the right direction and honestly head for a breakout season. 
yeah, I think there's no reason that he can't at least show flashes more than he did even this past season. Um, and it, it was rough, I'm not going to lie to you. It was a rough 2021 for Zach Wilson, but again, I don't see him not uh, improving on that. So, you know, we'll just touch on the um, backup quarterbacks really quick. You have the veteran Joe Flacco, um, who probably won't see any time. I mean, 37 years old, he's been doing it for a while. He's, he's solid if you need him to come in, but he's not going to do anything too special. Uh, you have the the phenom Mike White, who came out of nowhere this past season, and you know had a a game or two that were pretty decent. But you know he showed against the Buffalo Bills that you know four interceptions for him, zero touchdowns. He showed why he's you know a backup quarterback <laughs> and not a starter in this league. So not nothing really there with Mike White. Um, but you know this is overall it's Zach Wilson's team. He's going to be the starter week one. We know this. He's going to be the starter the whole season. So Barring any injuries um, to the quarterback position, it should be Zach Wilson leading this team. And like uh, we both kind of touched on, hopefully he'll uh, make a you know step in the right direction and improve himself and improve this team overall. So we'll jump into the running back position, which you know we've talked about three teams now in the AFC East, each one of them kind of having that running back by committee. And I think you know the New York Jets here kind of have a committee but it seems like they kind of have their number one here and that number one guy being Brees Hall the running back out of Ohio- Iowa State um, rookie you know this coming year so this will be a f- his first year with the team first year in the NFL second round pick picked uh, 36th overall out of Iowa State and I think you know this is the type of guy that can definitely be your workhorse feature back you know can can carry the load carry the ball you know 20 times a game um, if you need him to, he did it at Iowa State plenty of times. Um, the guy came sixth in Heisman voting in college, so he's capable of being basically an entire team's offense. Obviously, he's not going to need to do that necessarily here um, in New York, but I think Brees Hall is, um, you know, he's the first running back taken in this draft. I think he's going to be the best rookie coming out, and I think he's going to get the most, uh, you know, playing time. So. We'll be able to see pretty early on how, how Brees Hall is going to do, but I think he's definitely capable of being your workhorse back. The guy's super solid in every aspect of being a running back. He's got power, he's got speed, he's got vision. He's got that elusiveness to break tackles. So um, he should be a really solid running back one here. Um, but, you know, I'd like to hear your opinions on Brees Hall, what you're thinking of him, you know, even just starting the season week one. What are your expectations on Mr. Brees Hall? Well, you know, Brees Hall obviously brings it to the table. He's obviously an athlete that, I mean, that's why he got drafted into the NFL. I mean, what does worry me, obviously, is offensive line creating holes for him to be successful. But, I mean, Brees Hall, I mean, there's no, you're not worried about Brees Hall not being able to perform to what you're going to, what you're expecting him to. I mean, putting up some solid numbers in, in college, I mean, 1,400 rushing yards in his last season, 20 touchdowns. You're expecting him to basically pile the rock. I mean, he's not the biggest receiving back, obviously. Um, but you're not really looking for that right now. You're looking for a guy that's just going to put his head down and run people. I mean, not run people over, but, you know, you're looking for a guy who's going to put his head down and run the ball. And I think that's kind of what the Jets wanted in a running back. And I think that's what the Jets are kind of hoping for that Brees Hall is going to do. They're going to – he's going to add a game to their offense where he's able to put his head down and run. I think that's going to add – take a little bit of pressure off Zach Wilson's shoulders. And I think that's going to kind of open up their offense a little more, get the defense guessing so they're not just only focused on Zach Wilson throwing the ball. Yeah, and I think – the running backs that are also, um, you know, around him in this team, and we'll get into them in a second here, they'll be able to complement his skill set pretty well. And 
I think definitely, yeah, you know, you got to look at Brees Hall as a great pick for this team. He slipped to the second round. Some people thought maybe end of the first round he'd get selected. Slipped to the second round. The Jets got him, which, I, you know, the Jets had a big need at running back. So he should be really solid. Super fast guy. Ran a 4-3-9, 40-yard dash at the combine. Um, so has that breakaway speed to, you know, get through a defense and break off big runs. And like you said, produced really well in college. So we should see a, you know, pretty solid season one for Brees Hall. He should get a pretty good workload as well. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he can do behind, like you said, maybe not the best offensive line, but I think, you know, they've improved a little bit. So we'll get into that as well. But running back two um, on this depth chart was the running back one this past season, that being Michael Carter. Um, he was a rookie last year out of North Carolina. Um, drafted in the fourth round, and I think he kind of, you know, he showed flashes. He showed that he can be a uh, pretty solid running back in the league. I think he was just kind of not exactly your feature back that you're looking for, not able to carry the workload. I mean, only five foot eight. you know, not your type of guy that's going to run between the tackles and take on, you know, these linebackers, these de defensive linemen, so... He's more of a guy to get to the edge and maybe be, you know, a little bit active in the pass catching game. So, uh, Michael Carter will be a good complement to Brees Hall, but I think, you know, he's just he showed why he's not going to be your your workhorse guy this past season. Um, and then we'll jump in here with the the rest of the running backs here. We have Tevin Coleman um, coming over with that San Francisco 49ers connection. You know, he he didn't really get a ton of action this past season you know back half of his career 29 years old for running back is you know getting up there in age so he's gonna probably you know get some some playing time but not he's not gonna be again like your feature back at all to any uh, at any sense so he'll uh he'll be able to use his his size you know being six foot one 210 pounds to get between the tackles a little bit more than a guy like michael carter so Tevin Coleman will be a nice compliment to even a guy like Michael Carter, but I think, you know, we'll uh, we'll just move on from him. And then you have Ty Johnson, um, young guy again, only 24 years old, rookie in 2019, drafted in the sixth round. Um, another shorter guy, better in the pass catching game necessarily. So he's a um, another guy with some speed, like um, a Brees Hall. So he got you know the most workload of his career this past season in 2021 with the Jets and. I think all of these guys will get some run, but I think Brees Hall is your main guy that you're focused on here on, um, you know, being the main the main guy in this running back room to get the most, the bulk amount of action uh, in the passing game and the rece or receiving game, excuse me, and the, the ground game. Just getting Brees Hall as many touches as possible because he showed in college why he's a special, special player. So the rest of these guys will definitely get some time, but I think, you know, like I said, we talked about these other three AFC teams having that. Uh, running back by a committee, and I think this is the team that has their most defined running back one, um, albeit still having three guys behind him that are definitely serviceable players. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, serviceable players. Honestly, they're they're not the guys that you're kind of looking to be flashing. I mean, Michael Carter is, wasn't really, obviously, what they hoped that he would be um, when they drafted him. I mean, obviously, being a fourth-round pick, they weren't really too high on him, but I think that these these three guys you mentioned honestly will serve as like obvious uh like kind of like water break people you know Brees Hall's gonna need a break every once in a while because he's gonna be getting bulk carries and I think that um 
these three guys honestly are not bad to step in real quick and get a couple runs in. I mean, they're not horrible. They're not horrible running backs, as you kind of touched on. I think that's going to – I think the Jets kind of set that up like that with drafting Brees Hall. They kind of wanted a more workhorse back, and I think that he kind of was like the most like NFL, you know what I mean? Like he's 6'1", 220 pounds. He obviously can take these hits that the Jets think that he can take, and I think that's why they kind of have him to be the bulk workhorse guy and they have these other guys that kind of compliment him because they're going to need people with Brees Hall taking as many hits as he's going to take for sure yeah I think you know it should overall be a pretty solid running back room I think even if Brees Hall struggles out the gate you have a couple other guys behind him to you know help him uh like you said get those breaks when he needs it and work on his game so um we'll jump into the wide receivers now who are going to be you know Zach Wilson's targets um I like to immediately touch on Garrett Wilson, the rookie out of Ohio State. You know, drafted with a tenth overall pick. This guy's going to come in and be your probably wide receiver one um, to start the year. I think coming out, he was the most defined route runner, the best in, in the draft, in my opinion, the best receiver. I mean, he got dra- drafted below um, Drake London for the Atlanta Falcons, but I truly believe that Garrett Wilson is the most NFL ready and um, the most refined overall wide receiver. You know, coming out, he ran unbelievable 40-yard dash time. He's unbelievably fast, can get deep, can get vertical down the field, um, but is also just a polished route runner to get open in the short and medium game. So I think Garrett Wilson will be, you know, Zach Wilson's new favorite target. I think as long as they can get a a good chemistry going here in training camp, um, these two should have a great, you know, career together, both of them being super, super young guys. Garrett Wilson coming out at 22 years old, I think, you know, He's a super solid wide receiver one to have. I mean, we'll we'll see how he can translate to the NFL, but I I think you know in college he showed that he'll be a top receiver um, in the NFL as uh, as his career goes on. So super excited to see Garrett Wilson. Um, but yeah, I mean, what are your opinions on Garrett Wilson coming out? You know, as a first round pick, what do you think? You think he's going to be starter? know wide receiver one week one because that's kind of what i'm saying i guess is i think he's going to be wide receiver one getting the most targets getting the most playing time type of thing starting yeah yeah i mean obviously jets picking him i mean 10th pick overall i mean that's pretty impressive for a wide receiver i think that him with his size i mean being six foot feet tall i mean that's pretty that's a pretty solid size for a wide receiver and i mean you kind of touched on him having that like good speed and the, the route running i mean that obviously shown with this past season um and Ohio State, I mean, obviously dropping a thousand yards. I mean, that's that's pretty good, impressive as a wide receiver. I think that he's kind of that um, solid wide receiver that I think the Jets were looking for, and I think Zach Wilson was looking for and hoping for. I think Garrett Wilson honestly will be a great addition to this team, and I think he will obviously be Zach Wilson's number one target. I mean, I kind of in, in agreement with you here. I mean, none of these other guys really, um, obviously, none of these other guys were like top ten picks. Um, like they have the town, I'd be a top 10 pick. So I think Garrett Wilson obviously will jump up and be that wide receiver one and solidify himself as that wide receiver one. I mean, you know how high I am on having your team having a wide receiver one, like a clear wide receiver one. I think that connection that these two can build obviously will only make them better. And I think that when Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson are on the same page, they will be um phenomenal, phenomenal duo together. Yeah, and I think you got to mention that Wilson to Wilson, you know, connection. That's got to be you got to give some points there just for the names um you know having the exact same last name these guys are going to be you know having that that uh 
that connection there. I mean, I'm totally reaching for straws here, but, you know, overall, Garrett Wilson should be a great, you know, year one, week one rookie wide receiver. I think he was super polished coming out of uh, college, like I said, so he should be, he should be good, you know, right off the bat. And um, like, like I kind of touched on with Brees Hall, you know, running a super good 40 yard dash time, Brees Hall at 438, or 439, excuse me, and Garrett Wilson running a 439, or 438, oh my god, I'm getting them mixed up. Brees Hall, 439, Garrett Wilson, 438. These guys are both unbelievable uh, athletes, can get down the field um, quicker than most. And I think at wide receiver, you're going to hope that a guy like Zach Wilson, who has the arm talent to, to get the ball vertical, I think Garrett Wilson will complement that really well. So, yeah, I see Garrett Wilson with all the tools to be your alpha number one receiver. Put your best corner on him, and he'll still be able to get open. And, um, yeah, so... Good outlook for Garrett Wilson. Yeah. We'll jump into um, who I assume to be the wide receiver two, and that being Elijah Moore, um, drafted in 2021 in the second round out of Ole Miss. Um, super young guy as well, still only 22 years old, um, similar to his Garrett Wilson or his teammate in Garrett Wilson. So both of these guys um, are super young guys coming out and are able to you know grow as players. But I think Elijah Moore was more of your um, short route runner slot guy that can get open quick and get the ball in his hands and let him you know run after the catch and you know he didn't have that that number one or number two receiver season that you were kind of looking for um as a second round pick but i think more time with zach wilson and you know having that that number one guy in garrett wilson to kind of take take the load off of elijah moore and take the pressure off of him i think that'll only help him so you know, 538 yards, five touchdowns this past season for Elijah Moore. Pretty solid. I mean, as your, I guess, wide receiver two this past season, um, maybe you'd look for a little bit more. But I think Elijah Moore showed that he's capable of being, you know, that slot guy for you, showing that he will have a role on this team. And, um, you know, he should be getting a lot of receptions underneath and doing a lot with his legs after the catch, um, similar to, a lot of the guys we've been talking about with uh, some of these other teams, like a Tyree Kill, like a Jalen Waddle, like a you know even a Debo Samuel, these guys that can get open, um, you know, in the short game and then really do a lot with the ball in their hands. So Elijah Moore, super solid, um, but also super yeah. young. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, I want to touch on the player quick. that I'm kind of describing here, but yeah, what are your thoughts on Elijah Moore? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's kind of hard to just look at stats and have you tell like tell tell you about Elijah Moore. I mean, obviously, I think that is QB play, and like I think the team honestly just underperformed last year. I think that kind of just says a lot about his stats. Wasn't able to produce obviously as much as you'd hope, but I I would like to point out that he is 22 years old. You mentioned that he is young. I think that like this this duo that they kind of are setting up right now with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. I mean, being a second round pick, I mean, you're almost you're almost there. I mean, he was. T- pick 34 i mean that's pretty close to the first round so this guy's almost this guy's first round talent basically and i think elijah moore is a great great receiver i mean he he's shown strides he has shown strides of him being a great receiver and i mean in last year and against miami I and mean, putting up 141 yards i mean you can't really do that you can't really expect more i mean that's a that's a obviously a pretty impressive game that you you would expect like tyree kill to have or something like that i mean so I think that we've seen strides of him and seen like flashes of him being great. Obviously, we want to see that a little bit more consistently uh, to be a uh, number one wide receiver in the NFL. But I think like him 
moving down to like that number two spot, kind of sitting behind Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson's obviously a better receiver. I think that these two kind of will complement each other on the opposite sides of like the ball on, you know what I mean? So I think like having these two amazing targets for Zach Wilson, I think will obviously not only help him, but you know, well, obviously not only help him. Yeah. I think Elijah Moore should have a definite role in this offense and, um, you know, whether he can elevate himself to be, you know, your overall wide receiver two is kind of yet to be seen, but even if not, I think being that slot guy, like I said, underneath, um, is, you know, something that every team needs. So he'll definitely uh, get his playing time. He'll definitely see a big role. So I'll jump into, um, who I believe will be the number three receiver, that being Corey Davis, the former number five overall pick, um, in 2017, uh, former Tennessee Titan, still only 27 years old. It feels like he's been in the league for a while, but, um, you know, Corey Davis has struggled, um, you know, to start his career with the Jets. Um, you may be looking for a little bit more, but, you know, he only got into nine games this past season and, you know, he struggled. I, I won't, I'll keep it frank. You know, he, he struggled this season, but I think most, like you said, with uh, Elijah Moore, most of these guys in the wide receiver room with the Jets kind of struggled this past season. And I think Garrett Wilson will definitely be able to take a lot of pressure off of these guys to be, you know, that number one guy when they're not really equipped to be that number one guy. So, you know, Corey Davis um, was a super solid guy in Tennessee, had A.J. Brown to kind of be that number one, and he could be the number two. I think that really worked well for him. So you could definitely see Corey Davis be um, a solid number two here behind Garrett Wilson possibly. But, um, you know, Corey Davis is more of your your deep threat guy, you know, big body, contested catch um, guy. So six foot three, 209 pounds for Corey Davis. Obviously, super tall as a wide receiver, able to get, you know, elevated up in the air and catch those passes that Zach Wilson's delivering. Um, you know, Zach Wilson's best play of this past season, in my opinion, was, you know, a play where he got way out of the pocket to the right side and launched one, you know, 60 yards down the field to Corey Davis in the end zone. So this uh, this guy has some, some special athletic ability. It's just he's been a little bit... Um, or he struggled a little bit to get to the, the best of his ability. I mean, obviously, coming out as a number five overall pick, he's definitely got that ability to be, you know, your number one guy. He just hasn't really showed it yet. So I think number two is set super solid um, role for Corey Davis. So I think, you know, it's definitely a real situation where you could see him be your number two on the outside um, alongside Garrett Wilson and then have Elijah Moore be that slot guy, um, you know, going over the middle. But, you know, what are your thoughts on Corey Davis here in 2022? What do we think about, um, you know, the former number five overall pick? You know, he's been in the league for some time now, obviously, like you kind of touched on. I mean, he hasn't really put up spectacular numbers, but he's had some seasons where he's shown that he could be a pretty viable option to his quarterback. And obviously with him, with the Jets having two great receivers, kind of like what we said ahead of him, um, I mean, it doesn't mean that he doesn't lack the talent. And I think that, Obviously, these Jets have pretty good talent when it comes to being at the wide receiver position here. I think they have like a solid, but they just haven't seen the production that they want to see out of these guys that have this talent. I think um, both of these guys can definitely bring something to, or all these guys can definitely bring something to the table to help their team win games. And I think Corey Davis is no, no slouch. I think that he will obviously turn up a little bit. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what, where he's going to be sitting at when it comes to playing the game or playing this season. So I, I can't really give you like an estimated guess on what I think he's going to do. Um, I don't know if he's, what he's going to do. So honestly, 
I'm just hoping that Corey Davis can kind of put it all together this season and just show everybody why he was uh, a top-five pick. Yeah, I think, you know, the Jets overall have a pretty solid, um, you know, skill set base in this wide receiver group. I think Garrett Wilson's kind of your do-it-all guy. And then you kind of have your, your short route guy that can get open underneath in Elijah Moore. And then your Corey Davis, you can get, um, you know, those cont- contested catches downfield and um, work vertically. So this should be a solid group overall. You have, you know, guys that can fill different roles that you need. So, you know, we'll touch on the, the you know, fourth and beyond guys. Um, I guess your fourth guy is probably going to be Braxton Berrios. He showed a little bit of a connection with Zach Wilson this past season, I think. You know, you're just you're not expecting a ton out of him. He's kind of your returner, um, you know, kick returner, punt returner guy. So he's not really expected to be, you know, your alpha number one receiver running unbelievable routes. But, you know, get the ball in his hands. He can make things happen. Um, only 26 years old, had 431 yards and two touchdowns this past season. So pretty good season, you know, as a number, I guess, three or four receiver this past season for Zach Wilson. Um and then the only other guy I really feel like is worth touching on is um, Mr. Denzel Mims, former second-round pick out of Baylor in 2020. He really has uh, struggled a lot, um, you know, to start his career. And I think, you know, coming out, I was a lot lower on Denzel Mims than um, it seemed like a lot of other people were. You know, there was first-round hype around Denzel Mims, but I think the problem with him has always just been his um, lack of separation. He's been struggle. He struggled since college to you know, get open, um, in the route running game. And, you know, he's only 24 years old and he's definitely, you know, pretty, pretty great at, you know, contested catching. And, you know, I talked about Corey Davis being that guy for them. So does he really have a role here? I'm not sure, but I think Corey Davis just has shown the ability to, you know, run better routes and get open more and work with the ball in his hands a little bit more than Denzel Mims, who's kind of stiff and just your, you know, screw it, I got to get the ball up and hope that my guy comes down with it. Denzel Mims can can be that guy at times, but, you know, he um, obviously has struggled his first two years. This past season with Zach Wilson only having eight receptions for 133 yards, zero touchdowns. So we'll see if Denzel Mims can pick it up. I think this wide receiver room is kind of, you know, crowded, and I think it'll be hard for him and Braxton Berrios to really see too much of a, uh, a role here. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. I mean, obviously, we're talking about like kind of like the bottom of the Jets receiving core right now, and I think that they got some decent guys, but honestly, the, I think these main three kind of headline it, and obviously, I think we're all looking forward to see what these main three do, not really what these guys do. I mean, obviously, these guys are going to come in when the other guys need breaks, but I think we're all really just mainly focused on their, their top three guys. Yeah, for sure. I think overall, it'll be a good group. So we can hop into the tight end room right now. Um you know, these guys will all be weapons for your young quarterback and Zach Wilson. You're looking for these guys to, you know, elevate him and, you know, have him show flashes of why he was, you know, worth taking with the number two pick. So they bring in a guy that can hopefully do that in tight end CJ Uzama from the Cincinnati Bengals, who just had, you know, his breakout season, I would say, um, you know, going to the Super Bowl, obviously, but he had a good season himself, and they signed him um, to a three-year, $24 million deal. So he got um, he got paid pretty handsomely. So he'll be your number one tight end here um, in New York. And 
I think he's a solid guy that can be your red zone target if you need him to. Can be that sure-handed underneath guy for Zach Wilson. You know, third and short, he needs it. He needs a guy to just, you know, get his hands on the ball and, you know, get those couple yards. I think C.J. Uzama can be that guy. But, you know, he's an underrated athlete, can can work with the ball in his hands. Um, decent run blocker as well. He's an all-around pretty solid tight end. So, we'll... Uh, you know, we'll see a, a decent guy here for Zach Wilson to have a connection with. And I think, you know, Uzama showed that he can do it with a young quarterback in Joe Burrow. So no reason to think that he can't, you know, have that connection with Zach Wilson. And I've seen him on a couple podcasts, you know, talking with uh, talking with the Bustin' of the Boys podcast with Taylor Luan and Will Compton. Um, you know, he's super happy to be in New York and he thinks very highly of Zach Wilson. So, you know, the two of them should get a good connection going and, uh, yeah, I think good good outlook for 2022 for C.J. Uzami. Saw him kind of, like I said, kind of have his breakout in 2021, and I think he can improve on that in 2022 as well. Yeah, I mean, for sure his breakout. I mean, yeah, definitely. I've, we haven't seen him do much other than this year that um, – other than this year with the Bengals. I mean, he's obviously solidified himself as a solid open target with uh, Joe Burrow, and I think that he'll bring something to the table that Zach Wilson's kind of not used to. And having that extra guy on the field that can kind of get open and is just like kind of like that sure-handed target that you were mentioning. And I think, yeah, being 6'5", six, six, 270, I mean, you're not really looking at him to burn your guys downfield. You're looking at him to get open underneath and kind of use his, like, size to um, outmatch his opponents. And I think that's kind of what he does. And that's why he's kind of good at – he's good at what he does is that he has a size. And I think Zach Wilson hasn't really had a red zone target. I think C.J. Uzoma might be that guy, which might be something that he wasn't really used to in um, – the Bengals only having five touchdowns, not the greatest touchdowns that you were hoping for out of a starting tight end in the NFL. But I think Jamar Chase kind of was taking most of the most of his looks. And I think now that he's kind of going to be a great he's going to be a great piece on this Jets team. I think that CJ Uzoma could definitely see uh, more of an increase in his touchdowns and more of an increase in his receptions because Zach Wilson's going to kind of need this guy, need this safety net to throw to when it comes to throwing the ball underneath. Yeah, and I think it's underrated to talk about Joe Burrow having that connection already with Jamar Chase, so he was kind of that guy for him, you know, to, um, you know, I need a third down completion or something, he's going to go to his guy in Jamar Chase, where now I think C.J. Uzama, like you said, will have a bigger role here being that guy for Zach Wilson. Um, so I think I'll touch on, you know, some of the, the next tight ends. I think Tyler Conklin's definitely going to be your number two guy, um, you know, played with the Minnesota Vikings, and... He's been kind of in and out with uh, with the Vikings having Kyle Rudolph while he was there and also um, Irv Smith Jr. So he hasn't really been that, that number one guy ever in his career, but, you know, showed up last season with 593 yards, three touchdowns, pretty good season overall for Tyler Conklin. So he'll be a number two guy to, um, you know, play that similar role to C.J. Uzama. But, you know, in those two tight end sets, you have two pretty, uh, pretty solid tight ends. Um, and then they draft Jeremy Ruckert, um, the third-round pick this this uh, 2022 draft out of Ohio State. Um, another similar guy, big-body tight end to, uh, you know, all these guys are pretty similar. Um, decent run blockers, catch the ball in the short game, sure-handed guys. And, you know, they'll be a pretty solid tight end room. I think C.G. Uzama is going to be your number one, though, and he got paid, you know, to be your number one, so... Jeremy Ruckert and Tyler Conklin may see some action, but I think C.J. Uzama is your main guy in this tight end room. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of liked how you put that. I mean, definitely Tyler Conklin, obviously, was kind. he kind of was like an underrated underrated tight end last year, and I think that 
I think he kind of was like an under the radar pickup for the um the Jets this year, and I think obviously he's just kind of they're kind of bolstering that tight end room, and I kind of like how they're doing that. And I think just getting Zach Wilson another kind of target, another underrated target, will be nice a nice addition for this team. Yeah, for sure. I think um, you know we can move on to the uh, to the offensive line if that's cool with you. I mean, these guys, yeah, these tight ends will play a role in the run blocking game for sure. But um, yeah, uh, actually, hold on before you. Before, I, I totally forgot to mention that run block. I mean, obviously, with them being both heavier set tight ends, you're not really looking. I kind of mentioned that CJ Uzoma, not really looking at him to burn your guys on field. But I mean, being being um, 270 pounds, I mean. You're, you're hoping that this guy can set a nice edge when it comes to, like, blocking inside zone and outside zones even. So you're really hoping that these two tight ends right now can obviously have a solid success rate when it comes to run blocking in the NFL. Yeah, I, I feel like they're both solid guys in that aspect. And uh, Brees Hall should benefit, you know, getting to the edge, um, going behind these guys and going behind this offensive line that we'll hop into now. And, you know, I'll start – from uh, left tackle, we'll go over to right tackle. We have George Fant at the left tackle spot. Um, the new addition, Lakin Tomlinson at left guard. Connor McGovern at center. Elijah Vera Tucker at right guard. And your right tackle is Big Mackay Becton. Um, so, you know, your your brand new guy here is Lakin Tomlinson coming from over or coming over from the San Francisco 49ers. Um, you know, he's been a super solid guy over there and you sign him to a three year, $40 million deal. So, you know, he's getting paid to be your, uh, you know, your, your anchor in the middle of the, uh, offensive line. And he's going to be a mauler, you know, he's, he's a great guy in the run game. He can get after, um, you know, these, these guys at the second level get up to, uh, move up in those, you know, outside zones that Kyle Shanahan loves the 49ers so much. So he's definitely going to be capable of, you know, running any type of scheme that, um, they want here. And I think this offense will be similar to that, uh, that San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, you know, outside zone offense. So he should, um, he should have a pretty good transition here from, from San Francisco to, to New York here. And I think he'll be super solid on the interior. Your other guy in the interior is, uh, the first round pick from last year, Elijah Vera Tucker, um, drafted 14th overall in the 2021 draft, only 23 years old. Um, you know, he showed flashes this past season, but I think overall he was not what you were thinking and not what you were expecting out of a first-round pick. So hopefully he can, you know, grow into the player that they're hoping um, they have there. I think Mekhi Becton um, is, you know, your best guy on this offensive line. He's your guy to talk about. Six foot seven, 363 pounds. Former uh, first-round pick in 2020, drafted 11th overall out of Louisville. Um but this guy is the definition of a mauler. You know, he's going to pancake as many people as he can. That's his goal is to, you know, put that defender in front of him in the run game, at least put that defender um, in front of him on his ass. So Mekhi Becton's super, super valuable in the run game, especially to, um, you know, clear open holes for a guy like Brees Hall. So I think, you know, running the ball to that right side, having Elijah Vera Tucker and Mekhi Becton, two young guys that are both big guys, can clear holes in the run game. I think that'll be super nice. For them and you know I'll just touch on George Fant being you know kind of that bounce around left tackle he he was with the um you know the Seattle Seahawks for a little bit and you know he was playing a little bit more of a a third tackle role maybe a little bit of a tight end role so he'll be he'll be solid he's a an agile guy um pretty good athlete so again this outside zone offense he'll be able to get up to that second level um get outside seal the edge so I think overall this offensive line is pretty solid um 
it's definitely an upgrade with Lakin Tomlinson. I feel like that's that's an underrated signing for these guys. You know, they're trying to to get that, like I said, that outside zone offense going with um, with Zach Wilson and Brees Hall. And I think having a guy like Lakin Tomlinson, who's you know shown that he can run that offense pretty well and you know make Pro Bowls because of it, I think bringing him in will be a uh, an underrated signing here. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, this past season, they didn't obviously get it done having Zach Wilson get sacked 44 times. I mean, I don't like to look at just getting him getting sacked and how much that was their fault or his fault. But, yeah, I think with the addition of Lakin Tomlinson will obviously help their new running back, Brees Hall. I think Lakin is not a bad O-lineman. I think that he can definitely clear some holes. And how you were kind of mentioned, like Makai Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker, those guys are both extremely young. I mean, only being 23 years old, you're kind of looking for these guys to grow, and I think that with them being such such big guys, I think that they definitely can uh, create a hole for um, create a hole for Brees Hall and make him have a successful season. I think we're kind of when when we're talking about Brees Hall kind of having a good season, I think we, it's unfair to mention these these five guys. I think the offensive line kind of is the ones that get it done. Obviously, Brees Hall makes a miss, but the whole line unit is making sure that he doesn't get hit in the backfield. So we'll really see if the Jets. I like that the Jets are kind of emphasizing their offensive line with drafting two guys in the first round that are offensive linemen. I think those are both, um, I think those are great strides in showing that they're, they're obviously trying to build their offensive line, obviously making a move for Lakin. So I think with them moving in this direction where they're trying to protect their quarterback and also make holes for their running back, I think this is a great move for them. And I think that they will uh, obviously get better this year because of, you know, their, their addition with Lakin Tomlinson. Yeah, definitely. I think this will be overall a solid offensive line in the, in the, run game and I think especially in the run game but also you know they can all you know defend defend Zach Wilson pretty well so this will be a solid group I think um you know these guys these guys are going to be young overall so you know I'm recapping the whole offense here this whole offense is going to be really really young overall these guys you know a lot of second year guys a lot of rookie guys so it'll be you know uh, we talked about it, you know, 18 times in, in the last, you know, episode um, when we were going over quarterbacks, but it's a lot of speculation here of these guys to grow as players because, again, they're so young. I mean, everywhere except probably tight end, you have a guy who's, you know, 23 or younger, so, and they're starting. So these are, these are, um, this is probably the youngest core offense that we're going to see this whole season, and, um, you know, they'll be able to grow together as players and grow chemistry together. So it should be pretty good. I think, you know, 2022, it's it's still early for a lot of these guys, but I think they can definitely make strides into becoming, um, you know, a pretty solid offensive unit overall. Maybe not to the level of, you know, any of their, their AFC East opponents, but I think o- overall offensively, this offense will be able to grow. And I think as the year goes on, you'll see improvement um, throughout, you know, the entire season. Yeah, for sure. They definitely um, have. They definitely are like one of the youngest teams that we've talked about this far. They definitely are the youngest team that we've talked about this far uh, in our podcast. But yeah, I think that they will. They will. We're we're gonna have to see how they do. I mean, obviously, young guys in the NFL obviously might not have the greatest success. But I mean, it's kind of you're kind of hoping that these guys grow into um, their roles. I think that's what the Jets were hoping for. I think that with them getting all these young players at these positions. I think that they're kind of hoping that their guys will grow into or like mold them into the guys that they want them to be. So I think that the Jets kind of know what they're doing. And I think they, they we could see a solid season out of these guys. Definitely, definitely. And I think, you know, um, we're going to take a quick break here before we hop into the defensive side of the ball. But yeah, just to recap one more time, 
Jets offense, you know, struggled a lot um, in 2021, but we're we're hoping that you know things will change and things will go um, in a better direction here with a bunch of new additions and um, yeah, I think overall this New York Jets offense should be a lot better than 2021's season or you know 2021's team. So we'll take a quick break here um, before we hop into the defensive side of the ball. So stay tuned. We're going to be going over the defense and the special teams for the New York Jets shortly after this break. Um, so, yeah, keep it here on the Underground Football Podcast. Hey, guys, I'm your co-host, Priller. Go check us out on TikTok at UFPod, where we post updates on the latest news in the NFL and where we post original creative content daily. Thanks for listening to this short ad. Now let's get back to talking football. Welcome back to the Underground Football Podcast. Today's episode, we're going over the New York Jets 2022 roster and our season outlook for them. We just finished doing the offense, obviously, and now we're going to hop into the defense. We're going to start here with the um, edge rushing group, um, the edge rushing room, whatever you want to call it here. And, um, you know, I believe they're headlined by none other than the, you know, injured um, 2021 candidate Carl Lawson. Unfortunately, wasn't able to play any games this past season um, due to a torn ACL. So we'll um, we'll see what Carl Lawson can do. You know, coming back from injury, it'll be interesting to see if he's you know the same guy. But you know, he was super super solid with the um, Cincinnati Bengals his first couple seasons. You know, his rookie season, getting eight and a half sacks. You know, immediately that jumps off as wow, this guy's you know going to be a pretty solid guy coming out. Um, you know, struggled a little bit more as time went on, but, you know, he's he's here in New York to be your number one edge rusher, and he hasn't got the chance yet, but I think there's no reason he can't get there, and, you know, he's one of your highest paid guys on the team, getting $45 million over three years, so this guy's here to be your number one guy, and, um, you know, what are you thinking about Carl Lawson, you know, as his his injuries definitely an interesting thing to talk about, but you know we've seen guys be able to come back pretty well. I'm thinking you know Nick Bosa um, in his past you know this past season having a torn ACL coming back and you know he played a at a All Pro Pro Bowl level. So we'll see. I mean what Carl Lawson can do. But what are you thinking about him in 2022? You know, um, yeah, his his injury obviously is the only thing that's kind of questioning like my decision on him. But I mean obviously I think he's a solid. A solid uh, edge rusher when it comes to being on the Jets. Um, if he can come back to what he was doing in 2017, like his rookie year, I mean, eight and a half sack, that's pretty solid production from an edge rusher. I think that's kind of what the Jets are needing right now. They're needing that pressure so they can uh, help out, like, all over around on their team. I mean, having more pressure is never a bad thing. I think if Carl Lawson can definitely put that pressure on the opposing team's quarterbacks, it will, it will help their uh, other defensive positions make plays on the ball and stuff like that. So I think that. Carl Lawson definitely is going to we're, we're going to have to see what Carl Lawson's going to have to do this season but I think that he's going to be a big name to talk about when it comes into talking about this Jets defense and as a whole yeah I think he'll have the starting job week one I mean we'll see where things go for him depending on how he you know comes back from that injury but you know they paid him to be their uh their number one you know pass rusher so hopefully he's able to to come back pretty similar to what he was before the injury and, um, you know, excel at that number one spot. So I'll jump into who I believe should be number two. And um, I believe it should be the rookie first round pick, number 26 overall going to um, the New York Jets. That is Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end out of Florida State, 23 years old coming out. 
um, you know, super, super explosive. A lot of people had him, you know, going in the top 10, top 15 range. This guy's kind of fell down draft boards and, um, you know, still really unknown why that happened. I, I'm, I'm not sure if, you know, there's something the guys in the league saw that, you know, we didn't, but I think, you know, this guy should have a bright future as long as there's no, you know, problems that, again, we, we don't know about, maybe off the field, maybe injury stuff. We don't know, but I think if, you know, you're looking at this guy's film, it's unbelievable. He should be, you know, a top, he should have been a top 10 pick, and edge rusher was a need for these Jets. I know we just talked, you know, pretty highly of Carl Lawson, but Jermaine Johnson has the capability of being that, that alpha number one guy that can really, you know, get after the quarterback on, you know, a play-to-play -play basis, you know, and be your, your number one guy getting the most pressures, most sacks, um, and the guy that defenses have to kind of scheme around. So Jermaine Johnson is going to be great in the run defense game um, on the edge, setting that edge and being super, super instinctive and consistent as a run defender. Um, and, you know, he's got that length. He's got a great wingspan to, you know, stack those, those run blockers and reach his arms out and slow down running backs and stuff. So he'll be great in the run game, but he also has that speed, and that explosiveness, that power to work, um, you know, and get after the quarterback as well. So I think, you know, this edge rushing, you know, duo, these top two guys, it's definitely a lot that we need to see out of the two of them um, because, you know, one's a rookie and one didn't play all last season. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do. But I think both of the, these guys have, you know, pretty strong capability of being a, a great, you know, one-two punch on the edge. Yeah, I mean, before I talk about Jermaine Johnson, I kind of just want to go back to Carl real quick. I mean, uh, I was just looking at some recent interviews that he has. Um, people are saying that he's coming back better than ever. I mean, I think this is an interesting thing that they're saying about him. I mean, uh, I think that with him coming back, obviously from his injury, I think that he he'll have this determination and this like dog in him to kind of show like prove all the prove all the haters wrong. I think that he's gonna he's gonna obviously perform this season. But now jumping into like Jermaine Johnson, obviously you kind of mentioned uh, most of the stuff that I was gonna talk about, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why he dropped so far down. I mean, he obviously is a freak athlete, and I think that he can uh, succeed in the NFL. I mean, in his last season at uh, Florida State, dropping uh, almost 12 sacks, and that's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive as a as an edge rusher. And I think uh, Jermaine Johnson will not only help the the Jets, but he will like solidify that D line on the edge. And I think you're I think you're correct in saying that uh, he will probably be that number two guy uh, on that D line the other on the uh, opposite side of Carl Lawson. And so, yeah, I think Jermaine Johnson and Carl Lawson will be a duo to talk about in the upcoming season. I think that they're going to have some great success rates. I mean, I don't know what, where their sack numbers are going to kind of line up towards, but I think these two are going to be kind of an underrated duo when it comes to uh, being an, end, an edge rushing group in the NFL. Yeah, I think, I mean, we'll get into the interior guys in a second here, but those guys will be able to help, um, you know, they'll be getting pressure from the inside and, those edge guys will have one-on-ones on the outside to kind of, you know, work their magic out there. So these guys should have a pretty good season together. And um, like I said, only time will tell. But we'll hop into, um, you know, the rest of the edge group. And I think, you know, your third guy is probably going to be um, Vinny Curry, you know, veteran guy who had a really good, um, you know, beginning to his career with Philadelphia. And, you know, he's been, he's been a solid rotational guy. He's never really been your, like, starting you know edge guy um for much of his career but i think he'll definitely be able to come in once in a while get some pressure on the qb um 
you have a young guy in Bryce Huff, only 25 years old, or 24 years old, excuse me, um, you know, hasn't shown too, too much, but two sacks in his last two seasons, you know, pretty solid as a guy who's not getting a ton of playing time, he's coming in rotationally, so, you know, those top two guys are going to be the guys you're looking for, but, you know, they have a decent, you know, one-two punch behind them to get after the quarterback once in a while and just let those guys get the breaks that they need and, uh, you know, have fresh, fresh guys on the field at all times, so. Anything you want to, you know, comment on those other edge guys? Or, I mean, we can jump right into uh, the interior pass rushers. I mean, not really. Obviously, just mentioning that these guys are young, so I think they have room to improve. I mean, obviously, Vinny Curry is not young, but Bryce Huff definitely could um, could see some see some game time just because he is a young, he is a young body, young athletic guy. I think that definitely could see him on the field. Yeah, definitely. I think these guys will work well with the interior um group here which we'll hop into right now headlined by big q quinn and williams um you know super likable guy super young guy former number three overall pick um in 2019 right behind nick bosa who we just talked about a little bit as well um you know hasn't been that level of guy but i think you know his his rookie year he definitely struggled um and you know his last two seasons he's really kind of had his breakout and shown why he can be you know, force to be reckoned with um, in the interior of this defensive line. I think right now, if you're looking for the New York Jets' best pass rusher overall going into week one, I think it's Quinn and Williams. I think this guy is a menace on the interior. He's, you know, 6'3", 303 pounds, able to use his power, his strength to, you know, overpower these interior offensive linemen. But he has the quickness and the explosiveness to you know, break through and get after the quarterback quick, get these sacks, which, you know, 2020 had seven sacks, 2021, six sacks. This guy is going to get after the quarterback, but he's also really, really good at defending the run, um, you know, taking on multiple blockers and um, allowing his linebackers to fly in and, you know, make those tackles. Um, so Quinn Williams, you know, you can't say enough about this guy. He's one of the, the better interior um, defensive linemen in the league. And, He's gonna, you know, continue his super young um, career as that number one guy on this team overall. I think, you know, not a lot of teams can say their number one pass rushers there, uh, you know, is on the interior besides maybe Aaron Donald and maybe a few other guys. But I think the Jets have this guy that can work from the inside, the interior of the uh, the defensive line. He can get through and get pressure from the inside, which is rare to see. I think a lot of these guys on um, on the inside are struggling. Um, you know, because obviously the edge is easier to get around. You have one guy, you're just, sometimes you're able to speed around the edge. You can overpower the guys. A lot more moves you can do on the edge rather than, you know, being a, a foot away from the guy in front of you on, on the defense or on the, in the D tackle spot where Quinn Williams is. So he's shown that he can do it at a high, high level. And like I said, 24 years old, room to grow for this guy into an even bigger uh, asset for this team. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think the D, the interior D lineman doesn't don't get that much um, recognition when it comes to being kind of like the workhorse of the defense. I mean, they're in it. They're in the inside every single play. Obviously, getting getting just absolutely double teamed and pounded by this offensive line. I think Quentin Williams showing success in that position says a lot about who he is as a person. I mean, this guy is a guy. This guy, someone who's going to give you his all every single play. And I mean, he's obviously shown. I mean, seven sacks and six sacks, like how you mentioned in previous seasons. Pretty impressive numbers as a, a defensive tackle. And, yeah, you kind of touched on him not having that many moves to be able to use 
which is absolutely true. I mean, as an interior D lineman, you're, you're not able to really show your full uh, toolbox when it comes to rushing the passer. And uh, Quinn Williams being able to show success with uh, such a limited uh, resources, I think that's amazing. And I think, yeah, I'm, he kind of does headline headline this Jets defensive line. I mean, he is he is just a great a great guy when it comes to rushing the passer, and I think that's what you need in a defensive line, someone who's able to put pressure on the QB. Yep, and he has a great compliment next to him in John Franklin Myers, um, another young guy, only 25 years old. Um, he's been, you know, kind of in between on the edge, on the interior, um, but I think, you know, he's excelled on the interior. He's a bigger guy, 6'4", 288, so this guy will be on the inside most likely most of the time. And we already went over, you know, who's on the edge, so the edge is kind of set, and I think this guy will have his, his time to shine on the interior. Um, and I think, you know, John Franklin Myers is a guy that really shows off his, um, his speed and his quickness, um, with his moves and just overall athletically getting his body, you know, moving faster than you think a 6'4", 288 guy would. Um, so he's able to get through, you know, these, these offensive lines a lot. And I think he's kind of had necessarily his breakout with the Jets. Um, you know, he started with the, the Los Angeles Rams coming over to the Jets in 2020 and, he, um, you know, he had three sacks in 2020, six sacks in 2021, kind of maybe had his breakout. Um, but I think this guy's super, super solid run defender and um, pass rusher as well. I think the interior of this defensive line is super, super strong. I think both of these guys, your one-two punch is, you know, a lot. Of, both of these guys could start on a lot of teams um, as their number one. So having both of these guys on the same team, same, you know, spot on the field, both in the interior – Offensive lines are going to have a lot of trouble blocking the two of these guys, pass game and run game. So can't speak enough about John Franklin Myers. Um, but, you know, I'll hop into a couple of the uh, rotational guys. So you have Sheldon Rankins, who's going to be, you know, probably your, your first guy off the bench to uh, rotate in with these interior guys. Um, you know, he's getting a little bit up there in age. He seems like he's been in the league for a long time, but, you know, 28 years old. So he's a little bit more of that veteran presence, knows a little bit more of what he's doing. Um been with the the saints for the past you know bunch of years in his career and just this past year coming over to the jets um you know didn't have a ton of action but got three sacks in there so this guy will be able to come in rotationally and get the job done when he when he needs to and then you have a guy solomon thomas comes over um former san francisco 49er first round pick third overall in 2017 um you know he played with the raiders this past season and had you know his probably best season overall but he's got that connection with um head coach robert sala with the new york jets coming over from the 49ers so you know i think solomon thomas will be able to work better from the interior he was working a little bit more with the edge group in san francisco and i think the interior is more his style so you know he showed in college what he's capable of doing we'll see if he can get back to that but you know his first five years of his career hasn't really gone um that way but you know another guy that 26 years old still room for him to uh to improve and we'll see what um these other guys can do but i think definitely headlined by quinn williams john franklin myers your one two punch on the interior you have your one two on the interior you have your one two on the edge i think this will be a really really solid defensive line overall i think underrated group i think not a lot of these guys get talked about too much but i think um you know these will be some solid solid guys to get after the passer week in and week out and that'll be you know in my opinion maybe your strong suit of this defense yeah, I mean, 
Oh, I'm gonna have to agree. I think I think these these uh this group of defensive linemen aren't aren't obviously horrible. Obviously, you know they they do have some bright pieces on the defensive line, but I think that there is some other stronger pieces in this whole oh the this other side of the defense. Yeah, and we will hop into the next part of that right now, and I think um we have to hop into linebackers, and you know the one guy we really 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 need to talk about is C.J. Mosley. He's gonna be you know, your number one linebacker, your number one guy here. Um, he's your highest paid player on the entire team. Five-year contract worth $85 million. So this guy is paid to be the leader of this defense. Um, and, you know, his first season, or his, yeah, his first season with the Jets in 2019, uh, wasn't able to play. 2020 didn't play as well. 2021 this past season, he finally got, you know, his first season with the Jets, finally got to show off what he, um, you know, what, what he's made of. And, you know, had a really, really good season overall. This is your your prototypical run-defending middle linebacker. Um, he's one of the better linebackers in the NFL. Great at everything he does, but he's going to really be excelling in that run-defense aspect. Had 103 tackles this past season. Um, you know, two forced fumbles, so he's able to punch the ball out when he needs to. This is um, your quarterback of the defense. Um, I believe I said that, you know, in one of the previous episodes, but this is your guy here in New York. He's going to lead these guys to... Um, you know, be the best they can be. So he's going to be your coach out there telling everybody where to go, what their assignments are, what they need to do. And, you know, himself being that, that guy that can get after, um, you know, the running backs in the run game and also cover those tight ends and those uh, receivers over the middle. So CJ Mosley, super, super solid. One of the better linebackers that, you know, is in the NFL play. So, you know, not enough that you can say about CJ Mosley to really touch on how great he's going to be for this team. Yeah, I mean, he is kind of that like bigger, that bigger body, that that guy that obviously is that kind of prototypical, uh, run defending linebacker, like how you kind of mentioned. And yeah, I mean, everyone, every team has their place with their guys. Obviously, some guy, some teams need a more like guy that can fly around the ball, but this guy's gonna just do what he does best. He's gonna uh make those secure tackles on the on those running backs up the middle. I think this guy's a, a perfect guy for the Jets. I mean. Uh, any, anybody coming through uh, between the tackles obviously is going to meet C.J. Mosley in the hole. I think C.J. Mosley is definitely a good guy for the Jets to have running their defense because he obviously brings that experience being 30 years old. He's not the oldest guy. He's not the youngest guy. But, I mean, he's got the, that experience in the NFL, obviously. He did miss two two seasons uh, with injury ridden. But, I mean, this guy's no slouch. This guy this guy will definitely get after it when he, uh, when he gets uh, more playing time. I mean, 16 games last season, you, you've seen what he could do, and I think there's only room to improve on with this guy. Yeah, and I think you touched on the injury um, aspect of this, and, you know, that's something to think about, but I think this past season in 2021, it really showed that he's he's the same guy that the New York Jets brought in in 2019, so he'll be here for, for years to come with that contract. He's still going to be here for a while, and I think there's no reason to think he's not playing at a high, high level, so... You know, jump into the rest of the linebacking group, which I think, you know, after him, there's a steep, steep fall off, unfortunately. Um, you know, your number two is kind of really up in the air. I mean, I don't really know who your number two linebacker is or your number three even. I mean, you have Quincy Williams, um, you have Quan Alexander. These guys are going to be in rotation. Um, you have Delshawn Phillips, you have Marcel Harris. All these guys haven't really seen too, too much action Um you know, up until this point in their careers in the NFL. Um, I know, you know, Quan Alexander and Marcel Harris both coming over again from the 49ers with Robert Sala, having that connection with him. So they'll definitely, 
you know, be able to run this defense really well, super smart. Um, and, you know, again, if C.J. Mosley's not on the field, these guys can also be that coach that you need on the on the field, on the defense, um, you know, telling guys where they need to be, their assignments, all that stuff. Because, like I said, they've done it before with Robert Sala. So, you know, these guys will uh, they'll all rotate in. But, you know, C.J. Mosley's your, your one guy that you're seeing probably every single, you know, down possible, he's going to be on the field. Yeah, I mean, I would agree on that. I mean, obviously, these, these guys – this linebacking core is kind of like up there, not like completely up there in age, but you know, they're all, they're all kind of old, older guys. And I think they definitely all can kind of be that, um, be that kind of coach in the middle linebacker position or in the linebacking core. So, yeah, I mean, there's not much to really talk about with these other guys besides CJ Mosley kind of like takes it all over. I mean, he kind of is that headlining guy being the most paid athlete on his team. I think that he's going to really show why the, the Jets pay him that much money. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it probably will be a rotation. I think probably you'll see Quincy Williams. Um, he had, you know, the next biggest role on the team last year, so he'll probably be your number two to start. But I think these guys will probably rotate in and out, and we'll see a pretty, you know, a pretty good one-two punch, one-two-three, um, depending on, you know, what down it is and how many linebackers Robert Sala wants on the field. But I think he runs a lot of that two-linebacker set. So, um, you know, with a nickel corner. So C.J. Mosley will be one of your guys, and there's a – going to be a rotation for that number two but we'll hop into the um the corner group here start with the dbs we'll start with corners who um are headlined by obviously the number four overall pick out of cincinnati who i already touched on a little bit in the intro that being sauce gardner ahmad gardner whatever you want to call him the guy's got sauce he's he's unbelievable um you know didn't allow a touchdown his whole college career Guy's super, super long, super tall, six foot three, two hundred pounds as a corner. You don't see that type of um, that type of size usually at corner. A lot of these guys are you know below six feet, so he'll be able to go and you know contest catches with some of these bigger receivers in the NFL. Um, you know we talked about a couple on his team: Corey Davis, um, Denzel Mims, guys that are really, really good in that contested catch game. Sauce Gardner is going to be really, really good in that contested catch game as a defensive player. So. We'll see that this guy's going to be, you know, taking on everybody's number one receiver. And um, he should be great in man, great in zone. And like I said, you know, deep down the field, this is the guy you want. Super good speed um, and length. His arms are super, super long. Unbelievable wingspan and height. Again, like I said, six foot three as a corner is something you're definitely, you know, not going to take for granted. This is a guy that can match up against any receiver in the NFL, you know, from Tyree Hill to... Devontae Adams to Mike Evans, you know, very, very different play styles, but this guy's going to be able to lock down each and every one of them because of his pure athleticism and, you know, size. Yeah, I mean, I, I like how you kind of sum that up. Uh, yeah, obviously, he's kind of like that old school, not really that old school, he's kind of like that, that kind of new athletic freak that we're kind of used to seeing now with these guys being so tall, but still able to move. I mean, you're used to these guys kind of being like six, five, like, not, you know what I mean? Like six, five big athletic freaks that are not able to move. But now with like people like DK coming into the league, being six, four, being able to actually be able to move. And I think with sauce is no exception. I mean, six, three, 200 pounds. I mean, that's a big guy. And then when he's able to move how he does and break up passes and kind of stay with the best of them, I think that's a really important asset that he brings to the table when it comes to being a defensive player. I think the Jets uh, making this pickup was an excellent selection in this year's draft, and um, I think that he will help help solidify this defense on 
on the Jets team. And I mean, there's not really much to say about Sauce because we haven't really seen him play in the NFL much. But I mean, his, his college kind of says it all. I mean, he might not have been playing the best competition, but um, he obviously has shown that he's able to shut down anybody on on any team. It doesn't really matter who he's got up against. I mean, he he goes against the number one team or a number one receiver on uh, the opposing team, and I, he he's able to shut him down and not give up touchdowns. So I think Sauce is going to have obviously he's not going to not let up a touchdown in the NFL. I mean, come on, we're in the NFL now. But he's obviously going to play uh, great. And I think that he'll be a great corner for the Jets. And obviously, I think that he will um, perform to what everyone thinks he's going to be able to perform at. Yeah, for sure. I think he was the, the best corner coming out. I mean, he got drafted after Derek Stingley, um, you know, one pick after him. But I think Sauce Gardner is the more, you know, unbelievable athlete of the two i think you know you look at this guy's pure size and you know ran a 4-4-1 combine 40 yard dash i think you know you don't see that um out of anybody and the fact that he was able to also show the production in college you know this guy has room to improve with his athleticism you know we talked we've talked a lot about athleticism and how it's important to you know value that because people can grow into you know if they have a strong arm as a quarterback that's something you can't teach um and with Sauce Gardner, the speed and size that he has, you can't teach that stuff. So the, um, you know, the other aspects of his game being, you know, that refined coverage guy, you can teach that. And I think he's shown that he can be that guy already. So this should be, you know, a solid number one corner coming out and, um, you know, your lockdown guy for hopefully years to come for the New York Jets. But I'll hop into um, your number two guy being DJ Reed coming over from the Seattle Seahawks. Had a pretty solid season over there. Um, you know, started his career with the 49ers, didn't really do much for them, was basically a special teamer, and then, um, you know, got that chance with the Seattle Seahawks to be, you know, on the field a lot more and, you know, showed why he can he can be a number two corner opposite of a guy like Sauce Gardner. Now, DJ Reed, a very, very different, you know, style guy, only five foot nine compared to 6'3", but another young guy um, taken in the fifth round in 2018, um, that can show flashes of him being, you know, a number one corner at times, but I think super solid as your number two to have DJ Reed over there, um, opposite of Sauce Gardner to have that, you know, shorter guy to maybe be a little bit quicker with his hands, quicker with his feet and cover those guys in the short game and Sauce Gardner be able to take on that guy going vertical every play, um, and cover those, you know, jump balls, contested catches. So a little one, two punch there. Kind of like what you uh, saw out of this receiving core having, you know, that bigger body guy uh, with Corey Davis and that, you know, smaller guy to work the short game with Elijah Moore. You have that similar one-two duo here with the corners and Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Yeah, I mean, I think DJ Reed is a great addition to this team. Kind of sad to see him leave the Seahawks, you know, I'd be being a Seahawks fan. But um, I think he was well-deserved in the money that he got to go uh, to the Jets. Um but yeah, I mean, kind of, you kind of touched on it. I think it'll be a great compliment to a guy like Sauce Gardner being six foot and DJ being only uh, six foot two and DJ being only five nine. I think they're, I think that's going to be a great, a great compliment to each other. Um, obviously, DJ probably brings some more little experience to the team with him being 25. And I mean, Sauce just kind of being a rookie into the NFL. So I wonder, I, I'm curious to see how DJ Reed's kind of going to uh, help. Sauce kind of learn his way into the NFL and kind of curious how this chemistry with these two are going to kind of mix and match, you know? So, uh, DJ Reed, I mean, obviously we kind of know him as you kind of touch on it. Not really the greatest guy coming off, you know, he wasn't the greatest in, uh, 
49ers. But, I mean, he did show, obviously, when he got a chance to play in the Seahawks, he obviously showed that he was a decent corner. And I think he not only has gained confidence from being in Seattle, I think that he's definitely gotten better. And so I think that the Jets kind of picked him up in a right right, right time. I think that he's kind of at his confidence peak. I think he'll, he'll be a great great corner to play in the NFL now. I think that when we're talking about starting corners, I mean, I mean, DJ reads in that DJ Reed is definitely in that conversation. I mean, he is, he, he goes, he gets after it and he gets after the ball. I think that's very important in the corner. And yeah, I think DJ Reed is a great, great addition to this uh, Jets defense. Yeah, I think he'll be super solid. I think your one, two uh, corner duo will be, you'll, will be good. They're both young guys, um, obviously. Um, but I think, you know, they'll be solid overall. I mean, you gave DJ Reed a three-year deal or th- $33 million. So you're expecting this guy to come in and produce immediately, be, you know, a shutdown corner. So I think DJ Reed will, will have a definite, definite role in this defense. He'll be your number two guy. And, um, you know, we'll see how he's able to work with Robert Sala. I mean, obviously he was there in San Francisco and didn't really get much of a chance there. But maybe, you know, Robert Sala saw something while he was there and, brought him in here to have a bigger role so you know i'll touch on you know a couple of the other rotational corners here we have um michael carter the second will be kind of your your slot guy most likely um you know i'm talking about dj Reeby and that guy with quickness and you know speed in his hands speed in his his hips his feet all that stuff i think michael carter is going to be your slot guy covering those those slot receivers um and then bryce hall being you know another superb athlete similar to a sauce gardener athletically i mean obviously he hasn't produced nearly as much um as a corner but you know six foot one only 24 years old former fifth round pick out of um virginia in 2020 i think that this guy has the speed to you know be an unbelievable vertical corner but i think he just hasn't really put it together so bryce hall if he can get there um you know has the athletic ability to to be an unbelievable corner but it's just we've yet to see that out of him so far so you know it's mainly your one two guys and sauce gardner dj reed michael carter will be super solid in the slot as well as a super young guy um you know only 23 years old but i think you know the the name of this entire team is basically youth out of every position on the ball basically so you know corners aren't any different a lot of young guys coming in a lot of room to grow and um yeah i think it'll be a pretty solid unit overall though yeah, for sure. I mean, being young is a great factor when it comes to playing in the NFL. I think that the Jets are kind of in this. Like, they did have obviously a rough, like, well, not obviously. They obviously had a rough uh, past years. Um, but I think with this new new generation coming in, this newer, younger team, I think that we definitely could see a turnaround. And I think the, the, the corners are going to do a big part in that. I think they're going to help out a lot. Yeah, and they'll also get um, you know some help from these safeties behind them. We'll uh, we'll hop into them now. So, you know, for me, it, it looks like there's about three guys that you're looking at to uh, be in rotation and um, you know get starting time. So, you know, I'll start with the the veteran, and you know, I'll go down in age, I guess. We'll start with Lamarcus Joyner. Um, you know, 31 years old, definitely getting up there, but he's a uh, you know, he's been doing it for a while. He's played a little slot corner in his in his career. Um, he's bounced around a lot. You know, he started with the Rams, then went to the Raiders, and now he's, um, you know, hopped on with the Jets. But he's, uh, he's a smart guy, veteran guy. But, you know, 
nothing crazy athletically, only five foot eight, not really the fastest guy, not really going to fly around, but, you know, super smart, can play the run pretty well, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how he can mesh with the Jets. We haven't really seen it from him, you know, in 2021. Um, you know, didn't really get to play at all. So we'll, uh, we'll see what he can do here. Um, I think, you know, before I move on, I'd like to touch on the fact that these New York Jets lost, you know, maybe their best player last year, who was um, Marcus May, who signed um, with the New Orleans Saints on a three-year deal or $22.5 million. So you lose one of your better players and by far your best safety in Marcus May, you know, these guys are going to try to have to fill that role. So I'll hop into the next guy, that being Jordan Whitehead here, um, you know, a younger guy, 25 years old. Um bounced around a little bit as well he started with Tampa Bay um, first four years of his career and now the Jets bring him in to you know start a lot more get a lot more playing time and you know we'll see what he can do with all um, of that you know not pressure but the expectations of him to be that starting safety um, and then a guy who I think is really underrated and who I think you know you'll you'll see more than I think a lot of people think and that is Ashton Davis um, former third-round pick out of California in 2020, um, only 25 years old again, another young guy, but this guy is your uh, your athlete at safety. Unbelievable speed and, um, you know, size at six foot one, 202 pounds. Your other two safeties are both, you know, 5'10 or shorter, so this is your taller guy that can maybe match up against the tight end and, you know, also run with any of these guys, but he's also, you know, gonna light a dude up in the hole. If he, if he gets a, a chance to, uh, to make a play, he's gonna, he's gonna make the, the running back, the receiver, he's gonna make him pay, you know, any guys catching the ball over the middle of the field, you gotta watch out for Ashton Davis, he's gonna take your head off, so this guy's underrated, I think, you know, he gets disrespected, and I think he deserves a starting spot on this team, I, I, I don't know, you know, who he's gonna start over, um, or if he even does, but I think, you know, he deserves a shot. He's, he's an unbelievable athlete. And, um, you know, this guy just needs to refine up those those coverage um, skills. But I think overall, this guy could be a valuable asset to this defense um, regardless. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned kind of you kind of mentioned him just being an athlete. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Uh, they're both Jordan Whitehead and Ashton Davis are both kind of younger guys. So I would like to see Ashton Davis obviously get some more playing time over over uh joiner but um i think these i think those two jordan whitehead and ashton davis are definitely definitely gonna see the field a little bit or more more than likely and so i think that these two will definitely be a, a great duo together and i think they're both they're both like 25 years old so i mean they're both young still they both have definitely room to improve and so it's going to be very interesting to see how this upcoming season uh with these two and i mean lamarcus joiner i mean we can't dis- dismiss him but we can see how these two will definitely complement each other and really uh, put it together on the field. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, if you're good, we can just wrap up the whole defense here. I think overall, again, like the offense, this defense is very young. I mean, most positions that you're looking at, you got a guy in his first year, second year, um, you know, under like 25 years old for most of these guys on this defense. Um, so I think – you know, that guy, C.J. Mosley, that we, we raved about when we went over the linebackers, he's going to be super, super essential to this defense. I think he's going to be, you know, you're just about one veteran that you have starting. You know, most of these guys are super, super young, like I said. So C.J. Mosley is going to be, you know, super important to these guys to make sure everything's going just how he wants, just how, you know, Robert Sala wants. And it'll be interesting to see how Robert Sala can put these young guys together. I mean, obviously... 
young guys are going to be incredible athletes most of the time. So he's going to have a, a speedy team, a speedy defense to, to get around and cover these guys. But, you know, he's just got to sharpen up the mental aspect, which is all teachable stuff. So we'll see how it goes. But I think overall this defense has the chance to be a very, very solid unit. It's just we've yet to see it so far, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I like how you kind of put that. Definitely a young team. I think they – I think they definitely also all have room to improve, and I think this is just an upcoming team, and I I think that's just kind of um, how to put it with them. Yeah, I think um, overall this team may not be um, competing for a Super Bowl, but in the coming years, if these guys can grow into some of the um, athleticism that they have and some of the guys that we know that they are capable of being, you know, these guys could really – make a make a team here and make a name for themselves if if growth can happen and i, I don't see why not i mean they're they're all going to be growing together these guys are going to work together and they're all young so it should be interesting to see maybe not you know 2022 might not be the best season but i think overall these guys have a lot of room to grow like you said and uh you know there's no reason to think that in the future this can't be a team a force to be reckoned with so um, yeah we'll hop into special teams here to wrap it up um at kicker, you have Greg Zerline, who you bring in. Um, you know, he's he's been a little, you know, iffy the past couple of years. He how, he was super solid with the Rams his whole career with them. Um, jumped over to the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, showed his age kind of playing, paying a little bit of a toll on him. Um, you know, he's not Greg the Leg or Legatron, whatever you want to call him anymore necessarily, but... You know, he's, he's a solid kicker. He's a veteran guy, 34 years old. He's been doing it for a while. He's going to be pretty accurate. Maybe not having the, you know, pure, like, power to kick those, you know, 55-yarders, but this guy's going to get the job done for you. And, you know, again, we talked about how many young guys there are on this team. You look at punter, 24 years old, of course. Everybody's young. So, Braden Mann here um, as your as your punter, he's been doing it for two years now. He's not going to, you know, lose you any games. Maybe not the, the strongest leg, you know, averaging like 44 yards a, a punt, which you're not going to be too wowed by. But, you know, he's an accurate guy, young guy again. So, you know, special teams aren't going to kill you um, here. And I think kicker is your main, your main thing you're looking at. And, you know, 2021, Greg Zerline wasn't necessarily great with the, uh, with the whole accuracy thing, with the length. But he can get it back. And he's been dealing with some injuries. So we'll see. We'll see what he does. I mean, yeah, you kind of summed you kind of you kind of summed it up pretty nice. I mean, I just want to touch on the um, punt returner and kick returner Braxton Barrows. I mean, he's not your he's not your that explosive guy. I mean, obviously, he's just a guy back there. He's not going to wow you. He's just there to basically just catch the ball. Honestly, that's that's kind of the best way to put it. He's just he's he's going to do the fundamentals right. He's going to know what he's doing. Just there to basically just just catch the ball, and make sure that the ball is just in the right spot. That's basically all he's there for. I tend to disagree. I think Braxton Berrios is a, a, a very good returner. I mean, 2021, he took one back for 102 yards. I think, you know, he had 852 yards on kickoffs this past year. So this guy, you know, he can he can make plays back there. He's got the speed to do it. I mean, yeah, he's going to be super solid and making sure everything goes swimmingly. He's not going to mess up too much. But this guy's definitely capable of, you know, taking them to the house and, being that that electric kick returner um, or punt returner um, for your team, so I don't know. I mean, Braxton Berrios got some some playing time as a receiver this past season, and he's you know you know he's shown that he's a valuable asset to this team. So he'll be he'll be 
decent back there, returning kicks and stuff. So, you know, overall, special teams, nothing crazy, nothing, you know, super, super special. You're not going to be raving about these guys. You don't have, you know, Justin Tucker. You don't have Devin Hester. We're not talking about guys like that. So, nothing crazy, but, you know, they round out this team as just, you know, pretty decent overall. I mean, if you want to, we can talk about what we think, you know, 2022 looks like for these New York Jets. I think. You know, overall, in my opinion, this will be probably um, the fourth-ranked team in the AFC East. I don't think that they're, um, you know, ready to take over the rest of the teams in this division. Um, I don't think they make the playoffs, but like I said, I think this team has a lot of room to improve. A lot of young guys here, so maybe 2022 isn't the best season for them, but I think these guys definitely have um, room to grow. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would agree on that. I mean, I definitely see them being at, at the bottom of uh, at the bottom of their division because obviously this division is kind of we really look into them and we look into their teams. This division is pretty pretty stacked. It's pretty decent, and so I think the Jets just they do have the young pieces that they need. I just don't think that they have really all the skills that they so desperately need. And obviously, a quarterback. I don't think their quarterback is going to be winning them as many games as some of these other quarterbacks in this division. Yeah, I also think, you know, I want to mention, I don't really think that this team is going to be, you know, competing for the number, you know, four overall pick necessarily. I think this team's definitely going to be a step up from 2021. Um, but, you know, like you said, this division's tough. There's a lot of good teams in here, and the AFC overall is very tough. That's kind of why I'm saying, you know, no playoffs for them, most likely. Um, and, you know, number four in the division, just because this is a tough, tough division, tough conference. So, you know, I, I definitely want to mention, I do think this team is a step up from 2021, but, you know, just not that huge leap that you're looking for, you know, with, with teams like the Bengals and the 49ers in the past couple of years, like going from, you know, zero to hero, going from, you know, a top five pick to the, the Super Bowl. But, you know, this team will be will be definitely a step up from the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously would tend to agree on that situation that you just stated, for sure. All right. Well, you know, I think we'll wrap it up here. You know, we got a we got a whole good episode in here on the New York Jets. Um, it was a lot of fun. You know, this team again, super polarizing, super fun to watch. I think this team will be, you know, one of the teams to watch because again, like we said, there's a lot of young guys, a lot of new guys too who are in these this new situation. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how these guys pan out. So, you know, overall, good luck to the Jets in the 2022 season. Um, but you know, to wrap it up for my co-host, Jack Priller, I'm Mike Maynard. Thank you for listening to the underground football podcast and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time.